Outside, should I run and hide? How do I take my company worldwide? Do you love the law? Did you watch Hee Haw? What's the weirdest thing that you ever saw? What's it like in court? Favorite sport? Can you help with my book report? Is my hair too long? Am I right or wrong? And do you mind if I sing along to anything? Ask Alan anything in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Ask Alan. I am your guest host, James Crone. Every once in a while, Alan likes to mix it up and let me host an episode or two. Uh, the previous one I hosted was with Beth Oaken. Please go check this out in the link below. Uh, but I'm here today with our newest staff attorney, Roy Smith. Roy, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you, James? Doing good. Doing good. It's Thursday, so yeah. it's closer to Friday. Closer to Friday, baby. Uh, Roy, if those of you who don't know, you know, I'm the marketing director for the firm, and I've been plugging Roy hard lately. Roy is our... Uh, was our law clerk. He is now an attorney. He just passed. He just got uh, admitted to the Missouri bar. We're really excited about it. Uh, Roy, first question: How did you get to the firm? You know where? Uh, where'd you come from? Uh, where'd you go to school? All that good stuff. Just tell us your story, man. Oh yeah. So I was born and raised here in Memphis. Uh, went to University of Memphis for undergrad. Once I left University of Memphis, I went to University of Mississippi School of Law. And once I was there and got towards the end, towards graduation, I was looking for employment, went on indeed.com. Some friends told me that they saw a posting for an attorney at an employment law firm in Memphis. And they knew I liked employment law and it was kind of serendipitous how it ended up happening. I was meaning to apply and then I talked to someone in career services and they suggested that I look into this firm. And I was like, oh, let's be assigned. So I applied and shortly thereafter got to meet Alan. And next thing I know, I'm waiting to be employed and ended up getting employed. So it was pretty good. Well, that was good. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Cordova High. That's where I graduated from. I started out at Raleigh, Egypt. I'm from Raleigh. So I started out at Raleigh, Egypt and ended up transferring to Cordova and finished out my last two years there. Well, there you go. Like Tyler Harris. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Harris. Um, what, what made you interested in employment law before you started working here? Well, when I started law school, I was, my first summer, I worked at International Paper as an intern. And in their program, you go through about 10 different practice areas and labor and employment was one of my favorites. So when I ended up working at FedEx and labor relations the next summer, I really started to understand the labor side, which in turn made me really have a greater appreciation for uh, labor and employment as a practice area. And following that experience, I ended up working at a firm here in Memphis and doing a lot of labor and employment work. And after that, I pretty much knew that's what I wanted to do. I was sort of split between that and criminal law, but when it came down to it, I enjoyed labor and employment more. So pretty happy to be doing employment law here at the Crown Law Firm. Well, good, good. We're happy you're here. Uh, now, you've been in Memphis your whole life, except for law school, right? Yes. Now, so how on earth are you a Clippers fan? <laughs> yeah, bone to pick with you. You can't be a Clippers fan and live in Memphis. It's against the rules. I wouldn't say I'm a Clippers fan. I love Kawhi Leonard. I love Paul George, despite his past few games. <laughs> so it just made sense for me to become a Clippers fan. 
uh, this past season. Actually, my most of my life, I was a Dallas Mavericks fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Dirk was my favorite player. He's in my top three. I don't care what anybody says. He's in top three for me. <laughs> and once he left, and I was, really wasn't agreeing with where Mark Cuban was going with the team, so I kind of jumped ship. Now I feel bad because Luca's pretty amazing. So right, maybe I can get back on the bandwagon. I'll back on. <laughs> By the way, I don't know what the camera's doing. I'm looking right at you, but it looks like I'm looking away. So if you're like, why isn't James Pennington anything I'm saying, I'm watching you. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I was looking for some reason, making me look over there. Um, so, uh, so what made you be a Kawhi Leonard fan? Was it Spurs Kawhi Leonard or Raptors Kawhi Leonard? Raptors Kawhi Leonard. Oh. I just like his, I like his demeanor. Like I just, oh. he's about the business. That's kind of how I was raised. Even when I played, you know, sports and things like that growing up, my dad was always the beat him at the, beat him with the scoreboard type of guy. And I've kind of used it in my career as well. I really don't like to talk about what I can do or what I think I'll be able to do. I kind of just like to go out there and let my work speak for itself. So Kawhi, he embodies that entire persona. So I just love his demeanor. He's, he's quiet. He's just going about his business until it's time to play. And then you're going to wish somebody else was out there. You know, your dad can't hang with me on the cornhole boards. I don't know. I beat both of you. So you didn't I'll beat us you. at all in cornhole. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I stomped you and your dad in cornhole in St. Louis. For those of you who don't know, uh, when we went up to visit uh, St. Louis to get Roy sworn in, we did it on the balcony below his hotel that overlooked Ballpark Village right next to Bush Stadium. Roy's now a Cardinals fan, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, but uh, they had cornhole boards set up. And I look at Roy and I say, do you want to get destroyed right now in cornhole? And his dad's like, oh, no, it's, it's on now. And so your dad played me and I destroyed him even though he talked major trash the entire time. And now you're coming up here and saying you beat us in Cornhole when that never happened. Yeah, the uh, my dad's Roy as well, and something about the two of us is we never admit defeat. We <laughs> always win. <laughs> I, noticed, I noticed that. I noticed that in St. Louis. Yeah, that, that's the thing that translates, and it carries from namesake to namesake is we never lose. Even when we lose, we win. <laughs> Okay, you can y'all can keep telling yourselves that. That's what helps you sleep, sleep at night. night. Uh huh. <laughs> now you're a big golfer. Yes, yes. Now that is a sport that you can beat me in rather handily, as we have, as, as we as we have proven. Yeah, we we found that out. <laughs> well, never he uh you you told me we were playing golf once, and you told me you said we should scramble so I can chip up onto the green and then put it in. And then you looked at me and then I can do, and I was just like, you mean the rest? <laughs> you were like, no, not the rest. I was like, name them then. And then he, you were like, okay, the rest. I'll handle yeah. the rest. <laughs> yeah, my pudding's like hit or miss. Like, I think, you, I think that day I was doing pretty well, but up until the past couple of weeks before that, I was, I was just horrible. I know, I think the week before that, I had driven the green on a, on, a par four at Miramichi and I three put it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's up to that point, it was pretty rough. So yeah, we can scramble and you can do the putting and I'll, I'll figure out whatever else needs to be taken care of. <laughs> You'll handle everything else. Well, you can't, you can't argue with my T game. 
You know, I, I bomb them off the tee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was terrible. When we went golfing, I was just beyond horrible off the tee. It was just, it was just pathetic. I don't know. I'm here to miss as well, as you, as you know. And it's either really far straight or in Hernando somewhere. So. <laughs> now this is this is Alan Crone's show, right? We're just we're just we're just guests on it. How has it been working for Alan Crone? And don't. And don't schmooze up to him because we're on his show. We got to give the people what they want, what they ask for, and that's the truth. What's it been yeah. like working for Alan Crone? As much as I would like to have a hot take, it's, it's been a pretty great experience. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I wanted to come out, when I came out of law school, I wanted to work somewhere where I would learn, and that was basically all I really cared about, working in different areas, different firms, and different companies. One thing that uh, the mentors that I've um, grown a relationship with along the way told me was your number one priority needs to be learning how to practice the law well. And as a young lawyer or law student, you hear a lot of professors and pe um, people of the kind say, you know, there's a lot of lawyers. There's not as many good ones. So mm -hmm. one of the things I really cared about was getting that experience. And so it's been great to be with one of the best attorneys in the city and get that one-on-one -on -one experience being told, you know, this is wrong. This is this is how you do it, and then being told, remember that is wrong. This is how you do it, <laughs> you know. And just being, and in some ways, it's like going to school. I mean, Alan, it's not just this is how you file this type of document or this is how you do this type of document. We spend a lot of time talking about, you know, this is why I made the decision I made. We do phone calls together. He tells me, you know, this is why I said this instead of that. And these are the things you want to be thinking about when you do discovery or when you do, you know, a complaint or a demand letter. So it's been great to just be able to just learn from them. I'm always listening and that kind of culture uh, is not just limited to Allen. That's how it is with all of our senior attorneys and even, you know, the staff intake and uh, just all of us kind of learn from each other more so me than them because I'm the newest. So I'm pretty much bugging everybody trying to learn how to do pretty much everything. So it's been great. That's good. Good. Uh, have you learned more from Alan or from uh, one of our senior attorneys, Philip Oliphant? Um, I guess it would depend on in what area. Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot from Alan just on how to be a professional, how to be an attorney, the, the things that they don't teach you in law school. And then Philip, it's really, really Philip's more helping me with the writing side. We spend a lot of time talking about my writing, talking about my research and talking about procedurally how things operate. You know, when you're in law school, it's all, you know, streamlined. Uh, but when you get in the practice, you know, things will be backwards. You'll jump in a case right in the middle. So Philip's been doing a great job at teaching me just procedurally how things work, nailing me down on the law and teaching me the nuance between certain cases and really, really focusing on my writing. I've become quite a bit better than I was when I got here as far as my writing is concerned. And that's coming from just sitting with Philip, uh, spending hours just going over different types of documents. And then Alan has really just thrown me in the fire on a few cases and then used those as teaching opportunities and guided me along the way more as an attorney and as a litigator. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's good. Uh, Philip's been, I mean, Philip, Philip's one of the hardest working people I've ever met. All <laughs> yeah. of our attorneys really are some of the hardest working people I've ever met. Philip, Philip really grinds. 
But he's definitely yeah. a he's definitely a grit and grind kind of guy. Yeah, he's always he's always going. There's there's <laughs> never I rarely see him just idle, which I'm probably sure he doesn't say the same about me. I'm sure he <laughs> walks by my office and catches me just staring off in the space or something. But he's sure he's taking always, a minute. Yeah, he's 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 always going. There's not many days that I leave after him. <laughs> he's <laughs> always he's always going. So you went to University of Memphis undergrad, and you went to Ole Miss Law School. Uh, Memphis and Ole Miss are suiting up in football in the future. Who are you rooting for? Ah, uh, you know, I like to say they both got my money, so yeah. You know, I, I tend to I tend to come out okay no matter which way it goes. I usually I'm quiet. Don't, you, don't sit on the fence, over. Boy. You gotta pick a, You gotta pick a side. You can't sit <laughs> on the fence on the you Memphis know, Ole Miss. You gotta pick a side. Honestly, if you were to ask anybody that I went to law school with or that knows me in Oxford, they will tell you like Roy bleeds blue, <laughs> and I do not let them live it down when we beat them. But Good. there was an instance where. We lost to them, and I was at the game. And you turned. I, I did turn because I couldn't handle the mockery. <laughs> so that was for survival. That one was yeah. more for survival. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I, I love them both. Honestly, it's two completely different fields, in my opinion. I, I grew up here in Memphis, so I've been a Memphis fan before I ever walked on campus. So. You know, it's a different feel than when I went to Oxford and I got to experience the Grove and SEC football and the culture, you know, wearing your athletic polo to the games and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's just a different feel. I, I don't like when they play each other because I actually like I like them both. And I know there's probably people on both sides that would say, how dare you? But <laughs> Yeah, I like them both. But when they're up against each other, I'm, I'm riding with the home team. Well, we've been uh, – uh, the uh, I went to – as you know, I went to the University of Arkansas, and uh, Arkansas is set to play Memphis, I think, in 2022, I think, is the first one. They play, like, three years, one in Memphis, two in Fayetteville. And my dad was like, well, you, are you stood up, you're going to suit up in blue, right, for the first one he's in Liberty Bowl. I was like, I'm wearing red. What are you talking about? I'm wearing red. And he yeah. goes, you're not sitting with us. I said, good. I'll bring all my buddies in town, and we'll have a good time. I'm not sitting on a fence, Roy. I'll root for Memphis against anybody else. Yeah. But not my Razorbacks. We'll see. You went to undergrad there, so that's, I did. that's the thing. And plus, 2022, you all have plenty of time to get your act together. That's so true. It might be, <laughs> if it was happening tomorrow, your answer may be different. <laughs> hey, no, if, if it happened tomorrow, well, Saturday's first game against Arkansas State for mm -hmm. Memphis. If it happened yeah. Saturday, uh, Arkansas would probably get whooped. But I would still, but I would still walk in there if I could. I would walk in there, rocking my Arkansas game day polo. Um, I'm just excited that our head coach is gone from the last couple of seasons, and maybe we'll win a game. Did you see uh, Arkansas's opponent, Georgia? Their quarterback just walked away. So that's winnable, baby. Yeah, or, I, I saw that. I figured you would bring that up eventually. <laughs> I should say this. It might not be winnable, but it's be, it, beating the spread is, is, uh, is a possibility now. We might be able to beat the spread. Uh, okay. 
You remind me of my Oxford days listening to my fellow classmates talk about how they're going to beat Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Beat the spread's not beating Georgia. Beat the spread's not beating Georgia. I'll be the first one to say it. Uh, If if Razorbacks can win one SEC game this year, I'll be thrilled. And I hope it's against Ole Miss. If I had a, if if I had a pick, just just to mess with you and Sheila and all of our interns are all from Ole Miss. Yes, they are. I'm the only Razorback here, mm-hmm. so that would just be a fun. That'd be a, that'd, that'd be a fun week. That's one of the things I enjoy when I got here. I was the only Ole Miss person here. Now we've got them roaming the halls. So <laughs> yeah. we got she, we got Sheila. We got all the interns from the Ole Miss Law School. Although one of them, undergrad Arkansas, uh-oh, Thomas, he's an undergrad at Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. I had a conversation with him a couple of days ago. Oh, you did? That should have been on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It should be in all bold. It should take up almost the whole front page that he is a great hog and should promote it greatly. I'd hire him like that. He's nice, though. I'm okay with Thomas. He helped me move a cabinet this morning, so I'm okay with him. Well, those are big moves right there. That's important. That's important. So now that you've been an attorney for almost a week now, uh, has anything changed? Do you feel different walking into the office every day? You've been here a while now, so I'm sure it primarily feels the same. But it's – I mean, it's it's a little different – It's pretty much the same, though. I mean, when I got here, just when you're starting out in this profession, there's not a ton of things you're doing on your own. So my role has developed since I've been here, of course, and I've accumulated more responsibility. But as far as, you know, the past week or so, you know, with COVID, there was a little confusion about the swearing and everything like that. And I got my bar number a couple months ago. And so it's, it's just been kind of weird just knowing when you were, I was actually barred. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a little different. It's, I definitely feel the responsibility. There's more accountability. I can tell that off the bat, but I mean, I've, I've, I've been in an environment here at the Crown Law Firm where, you know, I've been thrown in the fire since I first got here, I was doing, what would be considered complex for a first year associate after my first month or two. So, you know, it's not that different, but I can definitely see a lot of change coming down <laughs> the pipeline within the next couple of weeks. So <laughs> if you ask me a couple of weeks from now, I'm sure my answer will be completely different. Well, we, uh, you know, when we went up to Missouri, uh, that was your second time being in St. Louis, right? Yeah, it was my second time. What are you excited most about doing some work uh, up in Missouri? Uh, if we, you know, get some, if we ever, if we get some Missouri work in, uh, what are you most excited about when you visit St. Louis? Um, uh, Mac, Alan's friend, <laughs> Mac, that guy's Mac Bradley. Cool. Yeah, Mac Bradley. He's cool. I'm excited to to hang out with him. <laughs> He's he was Good. he was one of the highlights of that weekend. <laughs> for, those but, of um, know, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Alan went to boarding school in uh, Belleville, Illinois. He was on the speech team at St. Henry's, and uh, he made a best friend named Matt Bradley, who lives in St. Louis, is from St. Louis, has always been there. And Mr. Mac, as I call him, because I've known him since I was born, 
uh, is one of the funniest people I have ever met. And Roy can attest to that now after hanging out with him for an evening. Yeah. Mag Bradley, is a, he's a hoot. Yeah, he's definitely a funny guy. So, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely something I look forward to. And the art museum. I went to the art museum while I was there, and I just I loved it. It was amazing. It is also known as Alan Crone's future home when he's emperor of the world. <laughs> Big family joke. I want to stress that that's a joke. Family, yeah, it's a joke. It's the not, family not, likes to mess with them about it. We were we're not planning world domination. We're not here. planning nothing. <laughs> not planning anything. Uh, Alan was a big Risk player. You ever played Risk? I've heard of Risk. I've I've finished binge watching The Big Bang Theory, so I've heard of Risk, but I've never played it. <laughs> Risk is a ton of fun. If you're gonna play Risk, I highly recommend you getting the Risk app on your phone because it makes what would normally be a four or five hour game like 15 minutes. And oh. So I would I because it simulates all the dice rolls. So I highly recommend you playing Risk. Mm-hmm. And so when we the reason that joke came to be was we were playing Risk. And Alan was going to win because he was, you know, an adult. And I was like 13. And my brother was like, how old was Charlie? He was probably nine when we played. And I turned to him and I was like, well, now that you're about to conquer the world, where are you living? You know, you've got the world. And he goes, well, I'm living in the art museum in Forest Park in uh, St. Louis. I was like, ooh, okay. Mr. Big Shot over here. So that's become a big family joke. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny, but I I really yeah I I wanted to. There's a Van Gogh exhibit, and when I got there, they were sold out. So I've been I've been trying to figure out if I'm gonna make my way back down there this weekend. It's the last week that the exhibit will be open, so I haven't decided yet. We'll see. Try to you just try to sprint on up there. Yeah. Well, you have family friends that live in uh, St. Louis, right? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, my sisters, my sisters' friends live there. So, yeah, we we know a few people there. Well, good, good. The uh, yeah, St. Louis is an awesome town. I love you know. Uh, I was telling you when we went up there. My mom is a gigantic Cardinal fan, and so we go up there, like probably once every year, every other year if we can for a Cardinal game. And mm-hmm. you didn't really care for baseball until we went up there and you experienced Ballpark Village. And yeah, uh, yeah. you turned to me and you're like, I want to buy a Cardinals jersey now. <laughs> yeah, that was short-lived. I went across the street <laughs> to the shop the next day. I was like, I'm going to see if I can pick up one of these jerseys. And then I didn't. <laughs> so, too pricey? Yeah, it was a little too pricey. But, but yeah, it's – I mean, the cold – I mean, I – I'm a Memphis guy, so of course I love the Redbirds, and I've I've been to games. I actually, when I was, I might have been the first grade when the stadium was first built. We took a field trip there before it officially opened. So, I'll I'll go to a Redbirds game just because it's the home team. But as far as actually understanding what's going on, I don't really know. But experiencing Ballpark Village really made me want to learn more about baseball. I love the culture down there. It's pretty it's pretty fun. Here's how, cult, here's how deep the culture, you know, bleeds down there. You saw this. There was a doubleheader the day we were there. And obviously with COVID, you know, nobody's allowed in the sta- in Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. There was a dude with a lawn chair sitting at the gate, staring <laughs> into the stadium 
the whole both games yeah did not move and literally 30 yards behind him was a giant screen tv (laughs) showing the cardinal game yeah and he could only he could only see like a section of the outfield right yeah he sees he can (laughs) can see home plate so i'll give him that he can see home plate Mm -hmm. and then he could see right field and first base but he couldn't see anything in left or up the third baseline and yeah. so we're all just sitting there like this dude, this dude, the blood, the blood runs deep. Uh, Cardinal red with that guy. Yeah. Actually, there were, there were two screens. Now that I think about it, because that, that condo had the game on too, with the big screen, yeah. it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, man, you got options. Yeah. <laughs> You're choosing <laughs> to see only half the game. But yeah, that's, <laughs> he was a diehard fan. I, I've got to give him credit. It's, it's a really, interesting place I really liked it that's why you know I was interested in going there in the first place um I also got to go to Ted Drew's oh yeah you ended up going yeah I ended up going right before we left so yeah how was that it was really good you know as a Memphian I'm a Jerry's guy (laughs) but but as far as you know frozen treats go it's pretty good which what'd you get um the strawberry shortcake Ooh, you didn't get concrete? I think, yeah, I think they said it had, like, concrete on. Oh, it was, it was like a strawberry short, short yeah. cake concrete? Yeah, it was you. really good. It was really I get good. the Oreo concrete. Okay, next time Oreo I'll concrete. Oreo. <laughs> none, there's nothing wrong with it, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as many people there. When we went the night before, it was... It was, it was slammed. Yeah, it was with COVID, what we would call a social gathering. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot of people there. Yeah, we pulled it up at like nine o'clock at night, which is probably the wrong time to go. Kind of like how people in New Orleans, you know, hit up Cafe Dumont, you know, like late at night. Yeah. It seemed that that was probably not the right time to go to Ted Drew's. Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially during COVID. Yeah. People everywhere. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed hanging out with your, with your uh, family. Uh, your um, sister's trying to get to nursing school at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance's, uh, you know, a graduate of the Memphis Nursing School. Uh, you know, what, what, what drove her to want to be a nurse and what drove uh, your family into, you know, lawyer, nurse, you know, that's strong, those are strong careers for a, 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 from a family in Memphis. So what drove her to want to be there and uh, what was your parents' influence on y'all when y'all were growing up? Um, well, my sister Morgan is just a really compassionate person. Mm-hmm. I think that come that goes back to how we were raised. I think we both want to help people in whatever we do. Mine took me on a different path, but she's always wanted to help people. And once she got a little older and started volunteering and things like that, she started to really see that she liked the healthcare profession. She really didn't know which route she wanted to take for a minute, but she knew that she wanted to be involved in the healthcare field so after a while she decided to pursue nursing I'm really proud of her as a big brother you know she mm. just sent off her application this week so fingers crossed on that she's she's amazing she's going to do great things I'm really happy for her. and you know it's as far as our parents influence on us we grew up in a very um it wasn't a strict environment but the expectations were clear and you know excuses are not really something that we spend a lot of time on. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it, it really, 
to really understand our upbringing comes back to understanding who our parents were. My mom went to college, she graduated from Lamoan Owen. She's always been very focused on us academically. Uh, my dad, um, he went to the military, but he always knew that it was important, especially as you know, African-American uh, men and women to really have a strong foundation and a solid education. But he worked for most of his life and he did a lot of you know, labor with his hands. So specifically for me growing up, he, it was always, you know, work, work, work. You got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. So when you couple, you know, that focus on academia with that focus on putting in the work and having a work ethic, I mean, you get two people that sort of just, no matter what happens, that's all we really know. That's what we come back to when times get tough is rolling up our sleeves and putting in the work and relying on the lessons our parents taught us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Roy, I really appreciate you joining me today, uh, even though I kind of forced you to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm really happy that you were able to join me today. Um, we're really excited about you get you uh, finally getting admitted and sworn in. Uh, we think you're going to do great things for the firm. And so we're just, we're thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on Ask Allen today. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week with another guest. Uh, stay tuned for that. Um, please check out the description with the playlist of all of our Ask Allens. Check us out on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss it and ring our bell so that way you always get notified whenever we put out a new podcast. Uh, thank you so much again, Roy. I thank appreciate you. It. And thank you, everybody, for